Hello, and welcome to the Commander Theory Podcast. I'm Nick Beatman, and I'm here with my friend, Zach Mack. Hello, theorists. Some news to go over. Uh, on Monday, September 13th, the Commander Rules Committee announced two major rules changes and a minor rules cleanup. Uh, Golos Tireless Pilgrim has been banned, World Fire has been unbanned, and Rule 10, which states that commanders were subject to the Legend Rule, has been identified as redundant and removed, which has no effect on gameplay. So to discuss these changes, we've got a very special guest with us, uh, Charlotte Sable, friend of the show, and one of the members of the Commander Advisory Group. Welcome back to the show, Charlotte. Hi, always good to be back. Yeah, so we're, we're very excited about uh, all that's happened. Uh, certainly a big upset. We'll, we'll get into some of those details in just a moment. Um, I'm going to briefly summarize that update, and then hopefully you can provide your, your view from the inside, what um, sort of your perspective on the discussions that led to these changes. Yeah. Uh, so rule 10 uh, on the list of rules specific to commander stated that commanders were subject to the legend rule, uh, and that was created in the days when the legend rule was less stable. Um, and it just kind of got grandfathered in. It just kind of stuck on that that list of rules. So uh, because it's redundant with the existing magic rules, the comprehensive rules, that's been removed. Rule 11, the, the rule specifying that wishes don't work in Commander, has been renamed to Rule 10. Uh, and, and that's just a pretty minor administrative change. But on onto the meteor stuff, uh, I guess let's let's get your, um, your perspective on this. Like I, I'm very pleased with the World Fire unbanning. Uh, World Fire, for those who aren't familiar with it, is six red, red, red for a sorcery. Exile all permanents. Exile all cards from all hands and graveyards. Each player's life total becomes one. So. Uh, this has been this was banned almost immediately upon its release in um, M13 in, back in 2012, and uh, I believe the justification at the time was that you know effects that set life totals very low aren't really in line with the spirit of Commander, but you know it always struck me that Worldfire was was really comparable to existing legal cards such as like Decree of Annihilation in most of its effect, you know, getting rid of of so many different zones, like the, the cards in so many different zones. Um, I want to ask you, do you think that the banning in 2012 was the correct decision when the card was released? And do you think that the banning of Worldfire upon its release uh, in 2012 was the correct decision at the time? Uh, or do you think it's something that's, that's changed over time as the format has evolved? I would say that I think it made sense at the time. Um, World Fire, at the time in 2012, Commander was obviously in a very different place. So obviously the format in general has sort of sped up since then. I mean, in 2012, we were just getting our very first Commander-specific cards. We probably actually, I don't remember what, when in, does anyone remember when in the year the original Commander set came out? Oh, June. sorry, that was sorry. So the original Commander set was twenty eleven. Yeah, yeah, that. yeah. That's right. So yeah, so in twenty twelve, we'd just had the very first Commander set and very first Commander specific cards, um, and you know, making stuff specifically for Commander, and sort of the Commander explosion hadn't really started yet. So there were less tools to you know, interact with these sorts of effects. Um, mm -hmm. So I think it made sense at the time, but now there's like so many more answers to it. Like, you know, things like the fairy's protection or what's the new one? Guardian of faith. Mm -hmm. You know, there's that angel from uh, Kaldheim that basically can flash in. There's a lot of slow blink effects. Oh, know? sure. Yeah. Whereas back then, I think the only real answer you would have had to, to save any permanence would have been like ghost way. Mm -hmm. I mean, ways to answer it and not have it be a complete blowout. And the format's just evolved as a whole. I also think that general commander philosophy has moved on to the point where more people are going to see it as a win condition rather than just like lol, blow up the world sort mm -hmm. of thing. 
Yeah, I was going to say a lot of those things that kind of answer it uh, are also ways for you to break symmetry on your own world fire. Yeah. Um, like you sure, can put, you, a need, bun- you know, 12 mana. Which yeah, is, yeah. You know, sure. If you have 12 mana and two big spells, you know, congratulations. You know, <laughs> there's way easier ways to win the game, right? For but- sure. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I think that like I have seen people talking about, oh, here are all these cool ways to win with world fire. Like, you know, you you plus Chandra and give them ever give everyone an emblem, and then you cast your world fire. And it's like, well, that's fifteen mana, and you could already win the game for like nine or ten mana with yeah. a Kiki Jiki and a Zealous Conscripts. Yeah, or you know, Torment of Hailfire exists, or you know, Crackle with Power exists. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for for that amount of mana, there's you got your pick of win conditions and world fires. One of the the goofier ones, yeah, one of the, exactly, the less exactly. like, less pliable ones. I mean, it's less. It's not. You know, it's a non. It's not a very efficient card. So, yeah, you know, it is what it is, right? I mean, you can also you can do all sorts of stuff with it, right? Like, there's like a few like pretty decent ways to. abuse it but it's you're right there's more to do with it now than there was before it used to just be like have mana float spells (laughs) like not not really or just play it with joyra like Mm -hmm. i used to do a thing called the bomb shelter where i'd like o-ring one of my own permanents and then yeah that's like apocalypse or like something like that so yeah the the world fire fits into that strategy except it's like nine mana (laughs) (laughs) instead of five so um yeah i think Mm -hmm. there's more to do with it now i mean and now we (laughs) i mean also just on a silly level you know you can just play this in like a you know new squee deck and just cast your squee from exile or command zone or whatever not that it's any better than casting your commander from the command zone but it's more fun (laughs) for sure everyone loves squee I mean, honestly, like, I think it made sense at the time. I think unbanning it makes sense now. Mm -hmm. I also wanted to ask you, I mean, there's conspicuously uh, several other very expensive uh, spells on the ban list at the moment. And Sheldon Menery's article on this announcement uh, seems to indicate that, uh, and and maybe you can uh, correct me on this, but Sheldon Menery's article uh, seems to indicate that rules committee thinks that like sway of the stars kind of falls there's like a, a spectrum almost of like okayness to unban and like world fire is is one is like on the most okay side and then there's sway of the stars and then there's biorhythm and coalition victory is that kind of how the things shook out in your discussions with the the cag and the rc or, or? um that's definitely not something that sort of came out that must have been more that's either sheldon's personal opinion or something that shook out in the rc only discussions gotcha um among the keg and sort of the mixed discussions that we had it i felt like the consensus was more that more people felt that the coalition victory biorhythm end of things were safer than the world fire sway end of things I personally still don't like the idea of unbanning Sway of the Stars because it's pretty easy to win when your opponents are at one life. It's not so easy to win when your opponents are at seven life. Like seven is a lot more than one. Mm-hmm. And especially if you're giving them cards, right? Yeah, that's you know? that's definitely a good point. The the longer the the game drags on after something after some like resetting like yeah, that. Exactly. Like Definitely. Sway of the Stars is a re- feels to me more, like Worldfire to me feels like a game ender. Sway feels more like a reset button. It so like to me personally, I if I had my druthers, I would probably unban Coalition Victory and Biorhythm, but I would leave Sway banned just because we don't want that sort of like lol nope. Stuff like Sway isn't a card I would necessarily ban these days, mm-hmm. and I probably wouldn't cry if it became unbanned. But I don't think it adds anything to the format to unban it. Whereas unbanning World Fire adds, you know, fun, cool stuff to the format. You know, 
Well, well, let me ask you this. Like, I think that I'm assuming that the likelihood of a card seeing play uh, has a big impact on whether or not it's ban worthy. So do you think that if Worldfire doesn't see much adoption following the unbanning, if it's still, you know, if it kind of tracks with the, the adoption of something like uh, Decree of Annihilation, do you think that that could improve the chances of an unbanning for Biorhythm, Coalition Victory, Sway of the Stars, any of those effects? I think so. I mean, it really depends on... Uh, it really depends on, you know, how the community sort of plays the card and adopts it. Like, it depends, like, because even if it sees only minor adoption, if it's being played mostly as, like, lol random sort of thing, where, you know, and not to end games, then it's probably less likely that something like Sway would be unbanned. Mm -hmm. And I know that the RC has qualms about uh the actual game ending spells of coalition victory and biorhythm but yeah again i i don't know i think it's definitely a good start and hopefully it could mean that you know any or all of these spells are soon freed yeah i i'm really looking eagerly i'm hoping i know that there's been a lot of uh attention to world fire with this this ban list update but i'm hoping that you know most people realize it's not worth the effort or not yeah. super fun. Um, and that, you know, then we, maybe we can get some of these other spells off the ban list. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, again, world fire is not the one I expected to be unbanned first. Let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, m- moving on to the other part of the announcement, um, the banning of Golos tireless. Oh, on, sorry. Can I add something? Oh, sure. Um, just as a bit of context, uh, again, we, the RC and the CAG are sort of in constant communication. We have a private Discord server mm-hmm. where we sort of chat. Um, and we do have quarterly meetings, but we've sort of started to move away from discussing everything at the meetings. We have more of a rolling discussion. And then the quarterly meeting is just to sort of, you know, boil down everything that we've discussed over the last quarter mm-hmm. and there wasn't any there there had been a lot of discussions over the last you know year nine months whatever for uh about you know the biorhythm world fire sort of stuff and but there wasn't any a particular there wasn't really anything new added in the last three months so i you know, I don't know what changed in the RC side that they decided to take this action on World Fire all of a sudden because it felt like nothing new had come to light, right? So, mm-hmm. must have just been a change of heart among on you know one or more of the members. Interesting. So, but it wasn't anything that came out in the shared discussion between the RC and the CAG. So, hmm. yeah. So again, again, I don't know. I can't give any insight into what specifically changed to make this happen, you know. But again, hopefully, it's a good sign. Yeah. I, well, one one thing I want to say about that, which isn't like a whole discussion topic, but like many, many times, you and like other CAG members have said, like the CAG is not the RC. We don't make the decisions all that stuff. And I think this is like very indicative of like how true (laughs) that is. It's Mm -hmm. like, no, like these people are here to help. They are not making the final call. (laughs) We don't get a vote. We Mm -hmm. advise and consult and try to convince, you know, there's been a time or two where we've managed to uh, change the mind of the RC before they did something stupid. So, but yeah, I mean, in general, yeah, we're not the RC. We don't get votes. We each speak for ourselves and the RC sort of speaks as one, Mm -hmm. right? That's why you don't hear individual RC members, you know, individual RC members don't give their opinions. They speak for the RC, whereas CAG members just speak for themselves. Certainly must be freeing in comparison. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I guess. I mean, I haven't been on the other side, so. Yeah. Who knows? 
Ask me when I'm on the RC. Right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if you're you're ready to move on, I'd like to touch yep. on the the Golos banning. Um, so Golos Tireless Pilgrim was banned with this update. Uh, for those who aren't familiar with it, Golos is five mana for a legendary artifact creature scout. It's a three five, and when Golos enters the battlefield, you may search your library for a land card, put it onto the battlefield tapped, and shuffle your library. And you can pay two white, blue, black, red, green to exile the top three cards of your library. You may play them this turn without paying their mana costs. Um, so I'm going to quote a, a couple key sentences from the um, from the announcement just uh, to, to sort of set the stage for this. Golos has been a much-discussed card that is both popular to play with and unpopular to play against. Uh, there are many problems with the card, but the greatest is that in the low to middle tiers where we focus the ban list, Golos is simply a better choice of leader for all but the most commander-centric decks. Its presence crushes the kind of diversity and commander choice we want to promote. You can drop in Golos and a few five-color lands into a random deck and get all the ramp and card advantage you would ever want from a commander with no worries about your mana base. Golos' ability effectively reduces the commander tax to one, and once you hit seven mana... Uh, you don't need to worry. You don't need to do anything for the rest of the game except cast spells for free. Something we always want to be careful about. So there's a. It sounds like there's a lot of characteristics of of Golos that are lead to problematic play patterns. Mm-hmm. Um, but it still is very shocking to to hear that it was banned in in part because Golos is the most popular commander in the format according to EDH Rec. Uh, so this is likely to upset a lot of players who built around this commander. One thing that was highlighted in, in that section I just quoted was that Golos is unpopular to play against. So how did the CAG and RC determine that, that Golos was so disliked? So to answer the question, we don't do polling or anything, but like the CAG is 12, you know, very different people with very different audiences. And we all, you know, we all are people with some amount of influence and ears to the ground. And, you know, we all basically bring back what we hear to the RC. And it was just uh, basically like a, a very strong undercurrent within the community that Golos was starting to become an issue, right? Like, mm-hmm. Golos is basically the definition of what I would call a grown worthy commander. Like, it's not a commander you necessarily like hate to play against, but someone sits down with it and you're like, oh, this again, mm-hmm. sort of thing. I mean, it's not a turgrid, but it's you know like, oh yeah, yeah. And and the thing is, it it's so easily oppressive. Like we've had a friend who you know insisted this is a fair Golo deck. It's not doing anything broken, and like it still ended up, you know being the arch enemy and just doing the most powerful things without even trying. Right. But like, you know, okay, you sit down, you know, you have your fun deck headed by Golos. I sit down with a fun deck, not headed by Golos. You're still zooming ahead of me and getting way more advantage than I am. Mm -hmm. Right. We could have exactly the same 99 and you have Golos. And I have someone else and you're probably, you know, nine times out of 10 going to win that game. Right. Like, or be very ahead in the mm-hmm. game. Yeah, it, it depends on what it is. I, I feel like Shivam had said today a thing of his that I agreed with that was like if you're not like focusing on your commander, Golos was always better. Because mm-hmm. if you're focusing on your commander, I definitely agree with that. Like you, you probably are going to be doing something more powerful, but like. Yeah, I mean, obviously this- you're not. You're not going to be able to replace like uh, Sir Conrad with Golos and you know have yeah. your deck work, but you know if you were just playing like a value game, yeah, I mean you sure can blow up enchantments over Sir Conrad, you know, like, yeah, yeah, like there's just so much more available to you, counter spells, exactly. all the yeah, I mean, but like you know, but like let's just take a typical like again, let's stay. Let's say instead of Sir Conrad, I'm playing like just a mono black sort of value deck, right? Mm-hmm. I swap out whatever my commander is with Golos, even without adding any rainbow lands. And oh, I can, you know, turn five, make sure I get Cabal Coffers. And then when I cast him again, I can make sure I get Urborg. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and then the next time I can make sure I get Cabal Stronghold and Nykthos and yada, 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 right? Like, 
yeah it's cascading value even without you know the second ability right like yeah yeah actually speaking of of powerful lands uh, i wanted to ask you how much do you think the existence of the world tree and field of the dead and some of these singularly powerful lands that are so often getting fetched out by golos how much do you think that influenced the decision to ban him um i mean it certainly didn't help his case like the fact that there are lands like the world tree and cascading cataracts that you know you can pop as a couple of lands like just replace a couple of basics in a deck pop in golos and you know you're able to like you know get them off in any deck is you know not not good for his case but at the same time like you know there's always going to be powerful lands in magic so if it's not these particular lands it's going to be other ones right like you know mm-hmm. like you know you can do more and, and, and that's another thing. Golos basically let you have any land of your choice as your commander, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, to uh, me, that was the the feature, not the bug, and the bug well, was yeah. that. I mean, and again, that's not the issue. The issue is, and again, like, what, what Golos does is what he does, right? It's not... It's not that he does what he does. That's the problem. The problem was that he became the default answer to the question of, you know, who's the best commander for this deck, right? Like, Mm -hmm. for a lot of different archetypes and everything. Yeah. Again, for anything that's not focused specifically on what the commander is doing, Golos was the best answer, right? Mm -hmm. Like, especially with a five, with any five color deck, why isn't this Golos was a pretty common question that, you know, I heard people asking or saw people asking. Online. Yeah, that there wasn't a good answer to that question most of the time. Um, yeah. Well, it, I mean, clearly the ubiquity of Golos, the the fact that he was just kind of the default commander for for so many archetypes appears to have contributed to his banning. And and one thing I want to point out is with Golos removed from the rankings. Kenrith, the Return King, is now the second most popular commander on EDHREC. And, you know, he's certainly not as powerful as Golos, but he shares some characteristics. He's a five-color commander that you can cast without having to, to pay the full Wooberg. Um, he's a mana sink. Uh, and now he's the, the second most popular commander. And, you know, there's still, like, this question of what are all these Golos players who had their deck lists in the, the EDH rec database, what are they going to do? Because right. if, if those Golos players just simply switch their commander to Kenrith, then he's going to be the number one commander by a huge margin. He's going to have a 2% share of the entire commander metagame. Um, and, and is that enough decks? Is that, is that a a big enough issue that the CAG or RC would, would consider that a threat to format diversity? Um, again, it's not so much that a card is popular. Like, cards are going to be popular. Like, if 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 we were worried about, you know, ubiquity, then obviously some stuff like solving wouldn't be legal, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's not being ubiquitous that was the problem with Golos. The problem with Golos is that it was just becoming the right answer for too much of the format, right? Like, Kenrith is strong and, you know, is another sort of, you know, good stuff commander with a good mana sink, but it's definitely, like, a step or two below Golos in terms of just general power. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's stronger at, like, higher power levels, certainly, but it's... A weaker overall commander. It also uh, does at least require white, so you can't just slap it in any deck and you know be good to go, right? It doesn't fetch lands, which is it doesn't fetch lands, so and so it doesn't reduce its own commander tax to one, right? Which is a pretty big thing. Yeah. Right. Like I think, are there any other legendary creatures that? fetch a land to play when they come into play certainly not one that can is so difficult to interact with as golos like if golos resolves you get the etb trigger just happens like you could like if you could guarantee like a hit with thought adele maybe then you know you get a soul ring and then she's 
helps to pay for the next time you sure, cast Sure, but her. eventually people run out of soul rings and mana yeah. rocks, right? Yeah, that's like, true. Your deck is unlikely to run out of lands if you're playing a goalless deck. So he doesn't reduce his commander tax. He's not just generically good in any deck, right? You need to really be actually making all five colors of mana to make him good. Mm-hmm. Like, the thing is with Golos, Golos was, wasn't a gameplay problem per se. Golos was a format level problem, right? Golos was just the the worst offender in this class of these five color commanders that don't cost five colors to play and let you play every card and are just uniquely good without requiring that, you know, Wooberg investment. Right? Mm-hmm. Kenrith is good, but I don't but without you know, without actually having all the five colors, he's not super great, right? Okay. So, so basically, like, unless, you know, these Kenrith decks are, are really winning with the kind of, of frequency we saw from Golos, it, it won't matter so much if he just has a large metagame share. Not so much, no. I mean, also Kenrith is... Not necessarily a tricky commander to play, but the right choice with Kenrith isn't uniquely obvious. Like, isn't immediately... Whereas with Golos, if you had the mana, the correct thing to do is to spin the wheel, right? Like, mm-hmm. Whereas with Kenrith, if you have a bunch of mana at the end of your turn, you actually have to figure out how you want to spend it, right? Yeah. Do you draw cards? Do you reanimate things? Do you put counters? Do you gain life? What do you want to do, right? That's a good point. But, um... The the thing that like one of the things that was making Golos a problem is the fact that it wasn't just you know in these higher level these higher power decks it was you know creeping down into sort of the core mid to low power of the format which is where the RC looks to aim the ban list at and because Golos is very much was very much like I don't want to say it was like an easy commander but. Golos wasn't a very complicated commander to play. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. So it was a good choice for a lot of people to just, you know, throw at their deck and not have to think too hard about what they were doing. Yeah. Whereas Kenrith is definitely not that. Yeah, you have so many more options with Kenrith. Yeah. I wanted to to ask you about something. We we had touched on it briefly with the uh, whole breacher discussion, and I just wanted to maybe dig into it a little bit more here what are the some of the barriers do you think to having a a watch list for potential cards that could potentially be banned because i I think i think most people were caught off guard by the golos banning um so what do you think uh it could prevent some is preventing something like a a watch list from happening again i'm not the RC, I don't make the decisions, but from everything they've told me and everything that makes sense, the problem with the watch list is that if you put a card on the watch list, people, a lot of people will consider it as good as banned. And so there might be panic selling of the card. And then if, say, a card goes on a watch list and then comes off it without being banned, people will feel like they were lied to. I think that it's beneficial if the market kind of factors in the odds of something get getting banned because like you know if people see like oh this is on the watch list i don't want to lose money i'm gonna sell it off now you know maybe they lose a couple dollars off that panic selling but there's a big difference between you know where the market settles at with that that risk of loss or that risk of banning factored in versus going from like 0% 0% chance of banning to banned. Like, you know, Hole Breacher losing like 75% of its value or or Paradox Engine losing 95% of its value. That's the kind of thing that happens if there's no advance warning. But if we know, oh, this could happen, then you're going to kind of split the community in terms of people who, oh, I, I don't, I hate the idea of a card getting banned out from under me. I'm going to sell it now versus... I like this card enough that I'm willing to take the risk. And then that way, like the demand is, is just rather than being everyone who would play the card under a no information scenario just becomes the people who are 
like who accept the risk and and so the price is going to like ref- reflect that and kind of be some sort of middle ground right between. i mean i get that but on the other hand you know but then you're going to have play groups that are like well you know that card's going to be banned anyway so you can't play with it here sort of thing the thing is it watch list becomes pre-banned which is just a whole headache um and then there's also the issue that again the commander ban list is you know aimed to facilitate uh untrusted gameplay like playing with strangers playing in you know a game store you're not familiar with sort of thing right it's playing with a group of people that you don't necessarily have a bunch of experience playing with so that everyone can be on relatively a similar level in what to expect obviously pregame conversations factor to that heavily but for the the wider commander uh community right there's a lot more players that you know don't consume commander content and just you know buy a commander deck or some packs and just play on their kitchen table right like they're not you know it doesn't having a watch list doesn't benefit those players at all because they're not going to know about it right like Mm -hmm. it it's it's not i mean the thing is there's a watch list seems like a good idea but it's one of those things that when you actually try to like play out what the actual consequences of it would be becomes a huge huge headache okay well I'm, i'm just thinking about like uh you know wizards when they do their banned and restricted announcements they will you know, they'll occasionally mention other cards that they were looking at. And so people might know, oh, this this could be something in the future. Like, you know, sure. recently they did the popper uh, ban list update. And, you know, in the explanation of like why they chose to ban so- Sojourner's Companion, they said, oh, we considered other options such as a Tog or Disciple of the Vault. Um, and yeah. l- like they also said that we may ban more things kind of later on yeah. if it's warranted. So yeah, I think or with I, chatter storm, they said, we're not going to ban galvanic relay right now. We want to see yeah. if a slower version of a storm deck can be healthier sort of thing. So, so maybe it doesn't have to be like as official as like, you know, this is the official rules committee watch list, but just something to, to let people know in advance that a card could be banned in and just seems like good communication and a good way to prevent people feeling like the rug's been pulled out from under them. Sure. At the same time though, like that's almost tantamount to asking for minutes from, you know, the quarterly meetings in a way, right? You're asking what we're talking about. And, you know, then you know, that uh, has there has to be a level of confidentiality to that and it's I understand what you're asking for and I get it. It makes sense. But again, like there's so many cards that are discussed every quarter, right? Like there's, you know, it's hard to necessarily know what, you know, what's the threshold for what merits talking about, you know, like we talked about, you know, okay. We talked about opposition agent again for, you know, the seventh quarter in a row, right? Like mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be banned, you know, you know, I mean, if it was like, you know, if we were taking a poll of, you know, cards, people wanted banned every quarter, you know, I'm sure like soul ring would always be hovering at around, you know, 10, 15%. And that doesn't mean it's ever going to be banned sort of thing. Right. Yeah. But I mean, but maybe you could say something like, you know, the, We've we've certainly heard the com- some members of the community are interested in soaring. As of right now, the vast majority of the Kagan RC aren't interested in taking action on that. Right. Whereas, and then you could maybe have a different conversation. Like, however, like there are members of the Kagan RC that are on either side of the opposition agent uh, yeah. debate, and that's and it continues to be something we talk about a lot. And then yeah. people might know, like, okay, soul ring is is close to a zero percent, and opposition is like closer to a fifty percent. Yeah, How do I sure. feel about that risk of getting banned? It is what it is. Again, I mean, there there's pros and cons, and it's always difficult to thread that needle. But 
I, I think anyone who says that this Golos banning came out of nowhere hasn't really been play, paying attention yeah. to the commander community for a while. Like, Oh, I'm certainly sick of playing against it in Historic Brawl. So, it, you know, I, I'm not crying a lot of tears for, for Golos, but... Uh, I yeah. actually want to push back on that because I, I feel like I'm pretty tapped in and, and the thing that really blows me away is just the like the sheer volume of it and that's really the thing like because listening back today to like what like looking at what me and nick said about golos when it came out it all came to pass like (laughs) every call that we made about golos was correct which is not always true with the our predictions of things so so what calls did you make since i'm yeah so specifically the ones were like um like we have friends that are really excited because this is a generic commander where they can play their jank decks, but in general, it's just going to like vacuum in good stuff. It's just going to become the singularity where the good stuff decks go because there's like it, it is generically good enough at what it does that anything can be put under it. And then lo and behold, some years later, three years later. God, uh, I want to listen to that episode again. What 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 episode number was that? <laughs> was that the set review? Yeah, it was the set review. Okay, yeah. all right. I'm gonna have um, to dig into that later. But so like we were we were very correct on it, and we were both very upset that Golos existed at the time, and we <laughs> still are. Like I still am. Um, but the thing about this banning that like really gets me is that I don't. It doesn't make sense now. And that's, I think, the the key to like what Nick is talking about. Like, I agree that Golos was kind of not good. It was not a good design. It probably just should have never been printed, um, at least not in any way the way it is now, you know. Right. But it, to me, I never would have been able to say that Golos ever would have been banned just because of the popularity of the card, just because it had already gotten out of hand. It spiraled really hard. So right. th- th- uh, that's the thing for me that I, that okay. gets but, me. But the issue there is like again, Golos, like I said, is kind of a special case because it's not so much that the card is a problem; it's what it did to the format that's a problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. You know, individual Golos stacks aren't the problem. It's you know, and its volume is part of the problem, and the issue. He- is that Golos just sort of crept and kept creeping? Yeah, to, right? to kind of and highlight, kept sp- sort of spreading its you know tentacles out through the format, and it just was like, by the time you know anyone became aware of it, it was like it was already you know the most po- you know by some metrics the most popular commander in the format, and mm-hmm. you know I mean, at what point you know do you you know is it if if we can't ban it now because it's too popular, then what does that say for other cards in the future, right? Like Yeah, that's a good point. The the <laughs> to highlight your point about like its tentacles like stretching out, like we had had jokes before and or semi serious conversations because like at big events sometimes people will do like funny tournaments and stuff. So we'd had jokes about possibly doing like the Golos Bowl where mm-hmm. like everyone brings a Golos list and you have to pick one of the archetypes on the Golos page that's <laughs> yeah. not lands. And like, it, it was funny because haha Golos does everything. <laughs> There's people are just putting whatever under the banner of Golos and like bringing it to a shop. So well, like, I, that I think that actually, goes to highlight your point. That actually would be interesting. Yeah. Do a Golos off. <laughs> Everyone mm-hmm. plays a Golos deck, but you have to rotisserie draft the rest of your deck. Oh yeah, that'd be tight too. <laughs> That's actually so really like, funny. So like, what World Tree is probably one of the first picks, right? Field the yeah. Dead. That's a high Field pick. of the Dead, Cascading Cataracts. Mm-hmm. That's so funny. That actually, it's a Commander cube, but just all the commanders are Golos. <laughs> yeah, it's like your commander is Golos. Period. That's pretty funny. Big Golos cube. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but building off of what Zach said um, about like Golos kind of becoming default for a lot of different archetypes, uh, it, it seems just sort of like looking at the available data on EDH Rec 
that a lot of the five color commanders that require something other than Wooberg to cast, like Golos or Kenrith or Morophon, um, some of their popularity appears to be because they're they're catch alls for themes that Watsi hasn't yet printed commanders for, like um, you know. Golos and Kenrith both have some pretty decent representation for Eldrazi tribal or like uh, shrines or God tribal or sagas like these these five color themes that don't have an like explicitly supportive commander. Um, Mm -hmm. So to what degree do you think that the issue of these easy to cast five color commanders taking up a big share of the metagame is the result of Watsi just not meeting players expectations and needs i think it's a pretty big part Mm -hmm. i think it's also a lot of the time people just want to play all the cards and don't particularly care what their commander is right like Mm -hmm. which is counter to how i play commander but at the same time i can understand wanting to do something specific with a deck and not having the, the right commander for it you know, but at the same time, it's like you have to you have to just sort of, you know, you have to be creative, right? Like, you know, if there's not the right commander for a deck, then, you know, make one work, right? Like there's there's how many commanders out there? I think, you know, defaulting to Golos or Kenrith or Sisse or, you know, whatever is... Not necessarily the uh, the most interesting choice for for these sorts of decks, and you know, there's other ways that you can do this and make these things work, right? Like, yeah, I mean, I think one of the things that we've learned <laughs> watching watching the community move and adapt, and watching, I think, like some of the previous like signpost bans, like when we were talking about whole breacher and stuff like that is just like how people will they'll complain about something but then they'll still do it like people complain about counter spells but counter spell is like one of the top played blue spells in commander and and people complain about combos but like combo commanders are still very high ranking on like edh rec and stuff like that and i don't think that's bad necessarily you know i think like it just means you have to temper what you're hearing when you're hearing stuff from the community uh, yeah. like not not specifically you charlotte but just like a person on the internet you know yeah um well just that i i don't see that as like particularly hypocritical i, yeah. I think you can i think it's I, human nature <laughs> yeah i think that like you can hate that counter spell is good and and then just say to yourself well if you can't beat him join him and and like that for the, when that kind of situation arises, I think you can point the finger of blame at Watsi. Like, you know, w- with every format, they design the incentive system, sort of. Like, they mm-hmm. choose mm-hmm. where to concentrate the power. I mean, not that they can, like, do a lot of things. They can't really errata cards. But but when situations like this happen, like, Golos was a design mistake. And... Yeah. And it's because of that mistake that we ended up in this situation. You want to let people play with their toys. You want the sets to sell. Yeah. Like I understand all the different incentives there, but it it is hard because uh, when Wizards is designing things and they're just gonna be kind of reckless with the the power level like that, like what is the community to do? Mm-hmm. Like can't really do too much about it yeah well i'll say i'll say one thing i I think that like aside from the specific design of golos you you can maybe trace this a little bit further back to the decision that was made at one point in order to support brawl they decided that they wanted to make it so that all color identities were available or like you know, maybe not the four color identities, but most color identities were available on some commander in every standard environment. Right. Um, and so that's kind of that decision kickstarted like Golos and uh, the bridge and Kenrith, all of those pretty much the bridge, meaning like the prismatic bridge and Essica, 
But all of those mm -hmm. resulted from that decision, like standard needs a five color commander in it at all times. And in most cases, it was just like, let's just make it do something generally powerful rather than tie it to any specific theme. And that's kind of how we got where we are with Golos being the number one commander and Kenrith being the number three commander resulting from like one decision to support Brawl in this yeah. <laughs> in this unusual yeah. way. But I'm, I was very glad to see in the announcement that that the RC has talked to Studio X and they are going to move away from generically powerful five color commanders With, that don't have Wooberg in the cost. Yeah, right? sorry, that don't have Wooberg in the cost. Yeah. I mean, like, like if you look at a list of all of the five color commanders that were that have been printed, there they were all five colors up until Oath of the Gate Watch, right? General Tazri was the first one that wasn't. Mm -hmm. and then we then there was Ramos, then uh, Joda, but who's still three colors. Mm -hmm. uh, then Najila, then Morophon, and then all of a sudden you have, you know, well, you have Morophon and Sisse in the same set. Then you have Golos, Kenrith, uh, Gigantha, Tazri, Cody. Uh, Cody. Yeah, those are all the ones so far. I mean, Essica as well, if you, though, if you're most of the times you're not casting the front sides. So. Yeah. But yeah, it is uh, crazy that like all of these five C commanders that can be cast without Wooberg got printed in such a short period of time. You know, nothing before what twenty sixteen, and then everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, really everything. Well, uh, I think those are all the real discussion points we had. Do, do Zach, Charlotte, do either of you have any? other points you want to make on the the subject of the golos banning the world fire unbanning or the rule 10 change um no i i mean i'm just happy that charlotte was able to stop in and, and talk so um i think if there's any last points anyone wants to make then well, then uh, just to remember with the uh, removal of rule 10 if you want to complain about wishes now you need to complain about rule 10 as opposed yeah. to rule 11. <laughs> if you complain about rule 11, you'll look uninformed. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, beyond that, just like, please give us your feedback. You know, I, I do feel like this banning was probably a bit of a surprise to some people, but at the same time, you know, it was kind of a special case. So I, you know, I encourage everyone to get in touch with the RC and the CAG if you have strong feelings on this one way or the other. Please, we are here to listen to you and to, you know, represent you and to help make the format the best it can be. So we want to, uh, you know, do that. Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. And how specifically can folks get in touch with you, Charlotte, if they want to share their uh, feedback? You can find me on Twitter at JackalGirl, which is JQL Girl. And you can find me on Discord, on the Commander Theory Discord, or the RC Discord, or all sorts of other Commander and Magic Discords, also as JackalGirl. Uh, yeah, those are the best ways to find me. Perfect. Uh, well, it's been... Amazing having this discussion, uh, getting all your your insight into the the discussions that led to this mm -hmm. decision has been so enlightening. Um, really appreciate you coming back on the show to talk about this with us. Always a pleasure, like I said. And this is definitely something that needed, you know, a bit more clarification. So. For sure. Well, with that, I think we're going to go ahead and wrap it up. Thanks so much for listening. And, uh, you know, hope... Not too many of you listeners uh, got got anything banned out from under you, but uh, <laughs> I hope that uh, you enjoy playing with your world fires now. Yeah. All right. Thanks for listening. Hey. Hi, everybody. It's Zach. So I'm dropping in because I think the Golos ban kind of blind... I mean, it blindsided me. I'm just going to say it. You heard it in the episode, but it definitely blindsided me. 
Blindsided Nick. Um, Charlotte was incredibly nice enough to come on and talk to us about it the day of. <laughs> so thank you, Charlotte, for coming on. We just wanted to make sure that this w- was a quick turnaround so that our thoughts were still relevant and everything. But because of that, I have not finished the Innistrad review episode. We are going to record the Commander review episode this weekend, and uh, we're going to release still a bonus episode with our predictions. All of that's going to come out on top of some other content, and then we're going to take a little bit of a break. But the Innistrad review episode is just going to come out when it comes out because I do not have enough time to edit a five hours of audio down into a three and a half to four hour uh, podcast on top of this one, which is basically a full episode of like 40 something minutes at this point. The episode where we talk about Golos, I'm going to link in the show notes. It is the first part of our M20 set review. Uh, If you go 36 minutes in, uh, I think the exact timestamp is 36.12, but I'll I'll link it in the show notes. That's when we start talking about Golos, and it is exactly like I said, it's prophetic. Um, We were on 100% right, which is not something we can always say, but um, we're pretty... I feel like we're pretty good with the commanders. It's the other stuff, all that other stuff that we we miss on. So anyway, um, please send us your submissions for custom cards. We're going to try and close it this Saturday. Um, You guys always send us the best stuff, so I'm not worried about it. We've already gotten some bangers. I like literally don't know how we're going to (laughs) cut like submissions down to a reasonable episode. So Thank you all for submitting. Thank you again for Charlotte for coming on the show and talking about this. It's like really, really incredible that we get to uh, kind of learn a little bit about the inside and the conversations that go on. And and um, thank you for all the help that you do making the format good. So that's it. Okay. Um, Nick, fake Nick from a long time ago is going to talk now. Bye. If any of you theorists want to get in touch with us, I am at Commander Theory on Twitter and Tumblr. And Zach is at Fat Bartleby on Twitter. Our theme song is Lincoln Continental by Entropy. And you can check him out on SoundCloud. Until next time, we're going back to the drawing board. <laughs>